This week, we're reading Bride by Ali Hazelwood, otherwise known as Do You Starfish? Hi, readers. I'm Jordan. And I'm Katie. And welcome to Not Another Heroine Season 2, the podcast where we break down the best and worst fictional heroines of any genre. (laughs) Because that's what we do now. Want to see what's next on our TBR list? Subscribe to us on YouTube or follow us on Instagram for a sneak peek at upcoming content or to help us pick our next book. We're going to talk about Bride. Just released 6 February. Mm-hmm. Um, we it, both destroyed it in like the span of days. Consumed. It will <laughs> steal your life. This is absolutely 100%. a take the book to the bathroom kind yep. of book. I did. I did in fact yes, do that. We did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I read this in like seven hours and I did new, I, nothing else nope. occurred during this. <laughs> so I did not read it straight through and I Because you chose to hurt yourself. Well, okay. (laughs) Yes and no. I didn't tell you about this part. Oh, no. (laughs) I read... So you know what happens at the 60 to 70 percent mark of this book? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So I I got to that part, and then I'm like, huh, now I'm bored. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, you were in for a surprise, because the sweat continues through the whole last 40 percent. And I'm like, okay. So I put it down for like a week, and then I finished it, the rest of it, last night. Oh, so like I am surprised. 15 percent. But I feel like that kind of tracks for a little bit of the pacing. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. But- uh, like you said, major underworld vibes. Yes. Yeah. This is like a combination of like underworld and like a little bit like divergent maybe or like Hunger Games or like, but it's like modern setting. It's it's cool. So mm-hmm. it takes place in modern day alternate reality United States, mm-hmm. except mm-hmm. there's no central government. We have three societies living somewhat cohesively together. <laughs> like uh, not. Like, well, like they occasionally kill each other, but it's you know, like, it on the surface it's okay. So we got the werewolves with their little pack system. With the wares. The wares. Oh, <laughs> Jordan's eye rolling. And then we have the humans mm-hmm. who are kind of like shoved to the side and seen as like, oh, the little people. Yeah. And then we have the vampires and mm-hmm. their nest. And you, I think, summed it up perfectly in the sense that the vampire government system is an oligarchy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Handed down to like the descendants of the like wealthy powerful businessmen so the vampires in this series don't really have any special extra powers they don't live long they don't have super strength uh they're just you know humans but they drink blood and have pointy ears and which i love pointy ears purple eyes um they burn in the sun but don't die mm-hmm they sleep during the day. Mm-hmm. So they're just kind of like awkward humans. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's funny that they just like have been surviving through like political machinations. Got it right the there second time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just funny because that kind of like tracks for how I imagine the vampires in this is like uh, skinny, kind of just like overly smart, like cynical. <laughs> I pictured the cast of the original Gossip Girl. Yes. Oh my. Okay. A hundred percent. Because that was the other like vibe throughout this. Yeah. It's like their dynamic for whatever reason. Like a little backstabby, mm-hmm. but very, very pretty. Uh huh. A hundred percent. That is the vampires in this. And then the wares are just. Uh, They're the jocks. Like- yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're like strong. They can't live, you know, extra long either, but they're like more strong, more whatever. They have another anatomy thing that we're not going to talk about right now. <laughs> if you have read this book, you know exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is. Anyways. 
<laughs> and then the humans are just, you know, humaning. They're just being assholes with their guns, which I I love that. There was a lot of gun violence. Yeah. In this, uh-huh. But like also tracks. Yeah. <laughs> it was so the world is very believable. Mm-hmm. And I think we were like I was surprised that Allie Hazelwood was able to jump genres so seamlessly. A hundred percent. I felt like this was more interesting than her contemporary romance. I agree because her contemporary romance is good, but it relies really heavily on the like uh, relationship dynamics. Mm -hmm. But this was just interesting as is without Mm -hmm. all of that. But then that made it even more interesting. I was wildly surprised. (laughs) Yeah. And I think some reviewers were too. Mm -hmm. I like to see when people do jump genres did you know sorry so far. <laughs> um, okay <laughs> you've heard of nora roberts right yes okay like she's got 50 million books it's Bajillion. all contemporary romance did you know that jd robb is also nora roberts <gasps> what the <laughs> fuck are you serious yep wow wow yeah oh my god and i think she might have one other pen name but so that's pretty common so they can jump genres without like the misconceptions or preconceived notions of what they're going to be like. But I love that Allie Hazelwood didn't do that shit. And she's Mm -hmm. like, this is me. And I'm just going to write about vampires now. (laughs) This is who I am. (laughs) But she did it so well. I I was honestly really surprised Mm -hmm. because I was like, maybe this isn't going to be like, you know, but it was excellent. It felt um, sexy, but not in the gross, weird way, but like in the Got it going on, girl. Like a really <laughs> slick TV show. Yeah. Like well produced. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. And then Misery is like her contemporary romance leads, mm-hmm. but a little bit less focused on the like the intellectualism that yeah. Allie Hazelwood likes to cater to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, certainly Misery is that to a little bit, but mm-hmm. she's more, I don't know, well-rounded. Yeah. I liked how Misery was not removed from her emotions, but, like, you could tell she's definitely, like, emotionally shunted. I don't think that's the right word. She doesn't feel things the way that other people do. And it's not because she's really a vampire, even though that's, like, a cultural thing for them is, mm-hmm. like, emotions are gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was interesting to read about a character like that. Like, mm-hmm. it was unique and it was done well. And she kind of, like, maintained that almost throughout the whole book which is impressive it was it was different fun yeah Yeah. because from what i remember of i think love theoretically is the Mm -hmm. one i read the characters the character is emotional yeah she has emotional reactions and while misery does kind of it's very tempered by the like i'm gonna react to this but not before i process Mm -hmm. it first internally yeah that was awesome and it's also like asshole reactions too like she's like god these fucking assholes like why am i a person that has to suffer the friendship (laughs) (laughs) because you're not human but like human (laughs) yeah misery Mm -hmm. we love her name yes she was named because she and her brother are twins we have owen I, uh, really? <laughs> I love the fact, misery. I would be so fucking mad if my parents gave a normal ass name to my brother and I got misery. I'd be like, bro, what? <laughs> well, and the fucking backstory for misery, too, is she was the second twin to be born. And like on the way out, she killed her mom. So they called her misery. Whoopsie. Yeah. Great dad. Who yeah. we have decided is... Donald Sutherland? Yes. Yes. Um, But there's also, like, two other actors that are in the same, like, triangle of, like, old snooty British aristocrat man that, like, he's exactly in the middle. (laughs) I wonder if you've made this connection yet. So Donald Sutherland is also the dad from Pride and Prejudice. 
(gasps) (laughs) You did. Oh my. I am. My brain is being just. I can't even think of a good word. (laughs) Traumatized, troubled, beaten up by Jordan today. There are too many reveals. No. Okay. So, yeah. So that's the dad. He's. Misery's dad is like the lead councilman for the Mm -hmm. vampires. He's Mm -hmm. very powerful, very wealthy, very disconnected from his emotions, like a traditional vampire. And so he sends Misery, child Misery, to be the collateral, which is a very interesting concept that Mm -hmm. is established pretty early on in the book, which is in order to preserve the peace between the vampires and the humans, they do a hostage exchange between children of powerful families. <sighs> Misery is chosen by her dad to go live with the humans, and then they get a human child in exchange. And Misery does not have a great time. No. She's like, there's numerous assassination attempts on her life when yeah. she's a kid. She says, like, up to, like, eight or nine. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why she's so, like, emotionally removed from it. She's like, yeah, it was bound to happen again. Yeah. I was like, girl, what? <laughs> and then, like, you caught it early, too, is that mm-hmm. uh, child Misery potentially has, like, a suicide attempt. Yeah. There's like allusions to it. It It's not I wouldn't even really put it as like a trigger warning because it's like handled in a very like illusionary way. Mm-hmm. But it's like if you see it, you see it. Yeah. And so um, she's just so sad and miserable. Oh, Katie. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Sorry, I Katie. could not help myself that they have decided to give her a human friend that she like grows up with. Um, her name is Serena. And they have the quintessential sister best friend. Uh, we are our family and we are codependent on each other. And anyways, we're just going to like live in a platonic relationship for the rest of our lives. <laughs> See, and that's what I was confused about when I read this, because I couldn't tell if that was accurate or not, because I don't have female friendships like that. Because I didn't grow up like I didn't grow up with female cousins. I don't have mm. sisters. So it seemed weird. Like the dynamic between Serena and Misery, as described by Misery, was like, is that is that how it actually works? One hundo, <laughs> it do be like that, because <laughs> it's like this weird, like codependent. Like people have questions of whether you're in like a like sapphic lesbian okay, relationship. That's what I was picking up. I'm like, did I like did I not read the like the book? synopsis accurately is this like a lesbian romance which is fine because we haven't read that yet but like that's the vibe i was getting which is like she's in love with serena serena's gone missing and this is their love story (laughs) because it's so relatable because i've had friendships like that where people are like a little bit questioning and they're like "Mm." it's like no we're just codependent and reside in the same brain (laughs) so on that note my one of my friends growing up um her name is Joe, but her her real name is Jennifer. She just goes by Joe. Her family liked to bug her, liked to bug her a lot. Like, oh, who are you dating right now? Who's mm-hmm, your boyfriend? Mm-hmm. Well, when your best friend's named Jordan, uh, <laughs> she abused the shit out of me. I him, was her boyfriend for a long time, according to her family. <laughs> they didn't know. I love that with my entire soul. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she still does it to this day. <laughs> The first love of my life, Jordan. <laughs> it's like, okay, bitch, I'm right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was funny. Like, I was telling Jordan about it, that it felt really, like, realistic. Like, if you've had any, like, close cousins or people that you, like, grew up with around your age, like, some of the experiences that Allie Hazelwood writes is, like, historical references for them mm-hmm. are so, like, 
I was like, how did you read my brain? Like, blast from the past. Like, I don't oh even remember God. doing this, but 100%. Like, the dance choreography bit. Did oh, you, yeah. I 100% have done this with my cousins. <laughs> like, uh, it was just like, wow, that's and you don't you don't see that described too often in any no. of the books that we read. Is like these pure, very realistic female friendships. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it, it kind of makes me sad because they like gloss over them or make them feel very kind of superficial. Mm. And like, like I'm immediately thinking of the friendship between the main characters in Sarah Mouse's other book, the third series that nobody like really understands. Nobody reads. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, the friendship in that is like really superficial feeling. Oh. But this is like actual girl friendship where you're like, doing stupid things together and like nobody really talks about it but it 100% has happened <laughs> like the choreography thing there was something else that they did together that I was like I also did that interesting okay anyways <laughs> it's funny so one of my very very close friends you know her our beloved redheaded Scorpio oh, yes uh, <laughs> we like to call each other more than a sister not quite a spouse oh, okay <laughs> yes <laughs> Because that's exactly what their friendship is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I was kind of sad we don't get to meet Serena I until know. the very end. Yeah. But like, there's a purpose to that. So mm-hmm. I guess when we open the book, Misery, so she's been living in the human world with Serena. They have separate apartment complexes. And what we haven't, ta- have we talked about the duvet? Uh, no, we have not. But it deserves <laughs> recognition. <laughs> so like Misery has been living as a disguised human. And she sharpens, she doesn't sharpen, she shaves her fangs down. <laughs> the first time she did it was with a cheese grater. <gasps> Absolutely <gasps> the fuck not. God, can you imagine? Like, it just, <laughs> no, it's like the <laughs> nails on a chalkboard <laughs> feeling. No. <laughs> and she wears like contacts and she's yep. been working as like a white hat hacker. What does that mean? It means you work on the good side. So she, you are trying to protect protect against other hackers so you know how to hack but you're like doing it to protect and like defend against other red hat hackers oh okay because they say it multiple times and i'm like i don't know what that means i feel like i just displayed (laughs) a little bit more nerd than i wanted to (laughs) that's where it happens (laughs) it's really yeah it's really fascinating it made me want to like get into it a little bit more but Mm -hmm. she was working for like an it company or something right now it's um, funny because she immediately has like a not good uh, interaction with some like douchebag yeah. finance bro. And I was like, that's also relatable. <laughs> well, and her whole like social circle is pretty limited. She's like, my only friend is Serena. Fuck you humans. I'm just here to like work. <laughs> I just exist. Yeah, she <laughs> eats lunch by herself. Like yep. she's kind of got a sad existence, but she's she doesn't feel sad. Mm-hmm. She's just like, this is my reality. Yep. Um, this is just life. Just yeah. Hanging out. <laughs> which Serena calls her out on. Yeah. Oh, which I also enjoyed. Yes. Because kind of like they had this really horrible argument before Serena goes missing is kind of like where we start off the story with. And the fight was Serena was like, you are not doing anything with your life, which is fine. But it's like you're not like going towards something. You're just existing and just like stale. It was so hard to read yeah. that Serena what Serena I think says something along the lines of I need you to care about something other than me uh, yeah oh, and that's hard because if you're the kind of like if you have miseries childhood and existence mm-hmm. where you've basically been abandoned by your family raised by people who hate you and want you to die and you only have one person who grows up with you and cares about you like one it'd be hard to trust anyone yeah. and create relationships with the other one and then having the one person you trust and love uh say like i need you to not rely on me so much <gasps> oh yeah but it's also real because you like like you can tell they love each other so much that Serena wants more for misery. Yeah. But it's like, goddamn woman like that. 
that hurts. Yeah. Well, and it takes a strong friendship to yeah. be that honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Ooh. they have that argument, and then two days later, Serena goes missing, and mm-hmm. misery, <laughs> misery knows Serena is missing and like potentially kidnapped. Potentially, I love that. I don't know why. <laughs> it was cute. Um, because what happens? Uh, I'm just gonna read directly the line because I even highlighted it because it's such a visceral experience that I have. Both me and Jordan have experienced. Um, And then she never showed up to help me put on the duvet cover, despite knowing that it's the single hardest thing in the universe. Hundred percent. I would know someone was missing. Who here (laughs) still uses a duvet cover? (sighs) I did for the first like four years of my adult life. And like, what the fuck was I thinking? (laughs) Okay, so even harder. So here you want to level up on the duvet cover challenge? I don't think I do. (laughs) I love my weighted blanket. (gasps) Love it. But you're supposed to use a duvet cover on them. (laughs) No. I tried. Have you ever tried to put a 35 fucking pound blanket in a duvet cover? Girl, absolutely the fuck not. I did it. I did it for like six months. Never. Ever again. We are we are at the stage that you're at, which is like a sheet in between the layers, and that's it. That's where we're at. Oh my God. I would that's a workout. Like lifting something that heavy above your head to because do you starfish into the duvet cover? <laughs> oh, apparently not. <laughs> I just pictured all six feet of you starfishing. 100%. Inside of- 100%. Yep. No. Oh, it is weirdly the easiest way to put a duvet cover on by yourself. Um, You just like grab the duvet and then you get inside the duvet <laughs> cover and starfish and then pull yourself out. <laughs> I... Put the duvet cover inside out, and then I tie the corners, and then I flip it, and then I just tuck it over. Oh. <laughs> that sounds oddly easier than the starfish method. Well, it, maybe, but also not worth it still. That's still fair. too yep, hard yep. to do on a regular basis. Yep. And it's just funny that um, Misery went to the police thinking that they were going to accept her duvet cover, you know, <laughs> they synopsis, they're like, and they're uh, like... She could have just left. Yeah. <laughs> and not told you because you guys fought, right? I love the fact that Misery is immediately like looking at them like that. D- uh, what? <laughs> yeah. She like no? short circuits a little bit. <laughs> yeah. She's like, nice fucking try, but no. <laughs> so it's been like three months ish mm-hmm. since she's reported Serena missing. And so she's kind of going to Serena's apartment and trying to put all these clues together. And she can't make a lot of progress. Like she's mm-hmm. hacked her phone and her Wi Fi and all of that. And that was kind of the fun part, too, that she's like, if I can't find, like, a trace of her, then, like, I'm worried about the worst because people can't just disappear. And it's that's 100 percent true. Like, you can't really disappear anymore. Yeah, it's not going to happen for anyone. So it's just like, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) So she's at work kind of doing her normal day, still thinking about Serena. And then in the office, a vampire strolls in. Vanya. Is that how you say your name? That's how I said it, yeah. Oh, this is one heartless bitch. Uh-huh. I just love the fact that, like, the finance dude bro is, like, talking to her and, like, chatting her up. And he gets his life eviscerated by this woman. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> so satisfying. She's so, like, I'm going to, like, rip your brains out. Like, don't look at me. And he's like, I'm going to find somewhere else to be. <laughs> so Vania is Misery's dad. We still don't know his name. Do we know his name? Uh, You called him Daddy, right? Yeah, Daddy. He is yep. Daddy in our script. So yep. Donald Sutherland, Daddy. <laughs> it feels a little gross saying Daddy. That's uh-huh. fair. Yeah. But he has that, like, aristocratic, like, 
like you call him daddy, but he's a dickhead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Vania is daddy's like uh, bodyguard, executive assistant. Yeah, but like we'll murder you in your sleep, yeah. kind of assistant. <laughs> like get you a girl that can do both. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so she comes to Misery's office and is like, "Hey, yo, your dad wants to see you at the nest." And Misery's like. Why should I even bother going? She's like, well, I'm going to drag you yeah. regardless. And so Misery <laughs> goes and has a meeting with her dad. And this is kind of the kickball session where everything starts rolling. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that she set a timer for 10 minutes and she's oh, like, yeah. you have 10 minutes to make your case. And he's like, Haha, you don't mean that. And she's like, nine minutes and 47 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Misery and her dad's like banter back and forth. It's like, oh, there is a lot of trauma going back and forth between these. So the nest is where the vampire council and the vampire apartments are. And it's this big skyscraper of a building. And that's mm-hmm. where she goes to meet her dad. And then her dad explains what is going on. You getting married. And she's like, I'm getting what? And he's like, you getting married. He's like, not in this fucking lifetime, dude. (laughs) Absolutely not. Why do you think that? But then he says that you're getting married to the alpha of the wares. We're going to try the whole, you know, like political marriage of convenience thing one more time, even though the last time it ended in like a bloodbath, red wedding murder scene. He's asking her to be the collateral again. Yeah. But in a marriage form. Yeah. (laughs) And it's so part of the impetus for this is that um the governor of the human territory oh yeah that daddy had a good relationship with mm-hmm. um it was a himbo totally <laughs> well he's getting uh not reelected. So his uh, successor is this woman who is not a fan of the vampires and is like trying to have more of an alliance with the wares. Mm -hmm. And daddy is trying to be like, well, we can't have those two against us. So we need to have our own alliance with the wares. Thus, this contractual marriage. So misery is to marry the alpha of the pack and in exchange, the pack's mate uh, or the alpha's mate is going to come live in the nest with vampires. Ooh-wee. Yeah, Misery says no yep. right away. <laughs> She's like, anyways, I'm going to go back to my job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to, like, update my resume now. Yep. Uh, except he drops the name of the Alpha, and it is Moreland. Mor- yeah, Moreland. L or Mor- Low, Low Moreland. And weirdly, Misery's like, well, I guess I'm getting married. And you're like, but why? Yeah, that's an interesting little um, question mark. Like, did you like love him or something? <laughs> and then it's we kind of jump right to the wedding. There's like a weird fade mm-hmm. to black thing where it's just, OK, well, she agrees for reasons unknown to us or to the reader. And then we open and she's getting all dolled up for her wedding. I love the fact that they she keeps like talking about this uh, very like pernicious wedding planner who's like, um, would it be a social faux pas if we had like blood cocktails? And she's like, you d- do not do that. We, we do. No. <laughs> we see feeding is like a gross thing you do in private. OK, so <laughs> I love that. I love that aspect of like the world building piece uh-huh. with the vampires. They abhor food and like they think humans just eating is the most disgusting unrefined thing on the planet like they think like only weak weak people eat for pleasure yep and so they like they even drink their blood in private because we don't need sustenance we're like otherworldly yep you just suck down from little blood bags and that's it and it's even gross to eat from people like that scene is like (laughs) yeah well and then there's some allusions to like feeding from people is like a sexual act which we learn on later Uh, yeah (laughs) Keep that in your pocket. <laughs> yeah. So the wedding. Yep. Uh, yep. 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 
I love that she like uh, overhears them talking oh. smack and then it's like an awkward like she hears them, but then she's going to like run away. But then it's like, oh, hello. And then they like don't actually talk. And then, you know, he's at the altar with his back turned and she's walking down and she's like, this is not going to go well. And then he like, what is that smell? And she's like, this is super not going to go well. <laughs> I love that as a trope. Like he looks like he smelled straight up garbage like he's standing in a dumpster it's what his face looks like and she's like this is not gonna go and then later on so they get it's like a blur of a wedding that's Mm kind of how it felt reading it Mm -hmm. at the reception she's like coming down the stairs and i think she overhears two conversations maybe uh probably i'm probably misremembering (laughs) but so she sees low the alpha talking to his seconds who are like the like section leaders yeah, I guess. like mini pack leaders, mini pack leaders. Yeah, mini pack leaders. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, she's only catching bits and pieces of their conversation, which mm-hmm. you get the same experience as the reader. And they're like, I can't believe you're going to do it. Are you going to do it? But she smells. And, <laughs> and then like misery is the background, like her. I imagine her shoulders around her ears like, I smell that bad. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, this is fine. <laughs> this is a great start to a wedding. Yeah. And then that's it. So she thinks she smells like straight up ass. Yeah. To- <laughs> <laughs> straight up ass <laughs> oh my god but we also get this cute moment that like you're for sure that like believing that he's an asshole and then we see a vampire child and a were child like start crying and there's a broken toy in between them and like the parents start like snarling at each other and you're like oh no it's gonna be another bloodbath and he like walks up all like suave and giant and he's like hey calm down it's okay here's your toy back and he's like where kid don't fucking touch other people's toys but that's okay and then everything comes down and you're like I don't know why competence is so hot but (laughs) woo (laughs) well that's the interesting thing about Lowe is because he's described as this massive dude Mm -hmm, like he's mm -hmm. huge but he used to be an architect that was hot yeah yeah (laughs) i don't know what it is like competent overly large intellectual i'm getting like breathy (laughs) i don't know why i got like this um comparison but he reminded me of the main dude from crash landing i was my brain was in the same spot 100 percent. yeah because architect doesn't match but like but all, it's all the same of the vibe. vibes. Yeah. The vibes were the same. Because he also like had a little bit of a stint in Europe where yeah. he was just living his own life. This this is like crash landing on you, but like the werewolf American version. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm glad we got the same impression. 100%. Yep. Yeah. Because yeah. isn't there, there is some other like straight up crash landing on you moment. I don't remember what it was. We'll probably get to it. But like, I'm going to rewatch that show now. I, know. I, I think I have to. <laughs> it's just so cute. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the bugging scene. oh my god because there's literally a scene straight up where misery is looking through like a hotel room for bugs and i was like this is crash landing on you Uh (laughs) oh my god uh anyways so he's hot and smart and everything like emotionally available (laughs) but weirdly young Mm mm-hmm because Misery is like 25-ish. I think so. And so he's around the same age, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not weirdly young, but like weirdly young for his position of power. Yeah. I think is how and it's described. I think they even talk about that a little bit, where they're like, where's when they're going to be the alpha, like you know from birth. So I think it's kind of similar to like uh, Sarah Mass, Ryzand, and... Uh, oh, yeah. How it's like you know which one is going to be, be like the... powerful and challenge the dad, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, or whatever. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, and then we get another fade to black scene after the wedding reception, and mm-hmm. it's just misery. She's traveled to wear territory. She's mm-hmm. at this beautiful, like I imagine, rustic looking house lodge. Yep. Like I think a lake, <laughs> like Northwest style architecture. Yep. Same. Yep. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Mm-hmm. And so she's in her bedroom, which has a connecting door to Lowe's room. Yeah. It's you know locked, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I loved that she sleeps in a closet. I do too. <laughs> know why that was so like quirky uh did you ever watch uh not gossip girl gilmore girls no okay so the best friend um she's super korean her mom is super christian she can't like do anything like fun basically Mm -hmm. and so she has made this closet into her like hideaway zone where she listens to like rock music and there's like a lava lamp and it's like flashing blue and pink lights like that's what I imagine Misery's closet is like but I think it's just a closet. It's just a closet (laughs) and she sleeps in the closet because there's gigantic windows and sunlight Mm -hmm. burns her so it's just her fair. Yeah she needs darkness to survive Mm -hmm. but when she wakes up after falling asleep in the closet it's to a child between the ages of four and ten because (laughs) as Misery has no idea what she's dealing with. Which also that's like for real because some kids in that age frame you're like I don't know <laughs> not at all and she's even like are you wearing diapers still or are you like trained and this is clearly like an eight-year-old yeah like, <laughs> she's just like standing over her bed like hi i'm your new friend i have a cat now so this is anna oh, god i just love that she like misery is like who the fuck are you asshole and she's like haha you're using bad words it's like you don't talk to children that way and misery never stops she's <laughs> no. she talks, she's like what the fuck are you doing and she says it all the time like right in front of this child and you're like oh i guess well i mean if you're misery like you have no understanding of how to interact with children anyway so it wouldn't occur to you to censor yourself yep, yep. yep. i just love it it's cute but yeah this is anna this is lo's little sister mm-hmm. uh which we learn immediately half sister oh yeah because that got kind of confusing to me like who who's who in the was zoo fucking who and pregnant at what times yeah but anna's kind of like no fear she's like oh vampire you're my friend mm-hmm. uh, let me play with your hair <laughs> it's like what okay i guess my hair is getting braided now and misery is under like 24 7 guard she mm-hmm. doesn't have access to the internet she's like she's a hostage is Basically. how she's being treated yeah and then ooh, I honestly don't know what really happens after this, but it's kind of really just them existing and then Anna, like, oh, no, no, no. Emery attacking. Oh, fuck. That did happen at the beginning, didn't it? Yeah. So Misery kind of leaves her bedroom, like, Mm -hmm. under guard to, like, go get a snack from, Mm -hmm. like, she needs blood. And she runs into a young were- werewolf mm-hmm. um, who's like, looks like he's a teenager, like an older teenager. Mm-hmm. And he gets all snarly with her, like right off the bat, like mm-hmm. ready to pick a fight. Like your ancestors killed my yeah. family. I'm going to fucking kill this you. This dude has She's major like, beef. Uh... <laughs> Misery's like, child walk away now and she like tries to ignore him until he attacks her and then she's like now fuck this and so she breaks out her fangs she shoves up against a wall and that's when all of the wares walk in whoopsie yeah and so she's there holding a teenage wear against the wall with her fangs bared and she's like I, what i imagine is she's like like looks to <laughs> like surprise yeah. like, uh, this looks weird doesn't like, it hi husband uh, i promise i'm not trying to kill your dude here yeah um, i just like because even in this moment she still has that like unemotional air about her where she's like no he was just being like a twat and so like 
I don't care what he thinks, but like I'm not gonna let him like assault me. And everybody's like, you can't touch him, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, again, like I was just trying to protect myself from assault. And then they're like, sure, whatever, vampire. And she's like, again, it was just an assault. <laughs> so the Vania equivalent on the wear side, I forget her name. Oh, Juno? Is it Juno? Juna? Something like that. Yeah. So she's like Anna's main caretaker and Lowe's executive assistant almost. He's got like five executive assistants. (laughs) A busy man. But like Juno hates misery. And she's like, we need to kill her now. Like our treaty is done. (laughs) She was ready to (laughs) like fight. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But Lowe kind of like settles everything down, breaks it apart. Uh, He's kind of got a bit of read on the situation. And then like they kind of like settles back down into normal existence. Oh, because he can smell lies. Oh, I forgot about that part. Yeah. Which is like weird alpha power or whatever, because as we are, I don't want to ruin the Mm. like attempted Mm. kidnapping quite yet yeah um but he can smell lies and then he's like everything's chill guys let's calm down and it's like that's weird like yeah and just keep that in your pocket (laughs) misery kind of goes back to her room she gets reassigned a new guard Mm -hmm. whose name is mick who's like like a cool uncle yeah who's been through some shit and doesn't yeah. want to talk about like the uncle who used to drink a lot but is like sobered up now yep just like sad kind of yeah. but like hey man life is fucked up but you know i'm i'm just trying my best he doesn't have the like ultra hatred of vampires that the other wares do so misery is mm-hmm. kind of like enjoying her time not enjoying because misery doesn't really enjoy a lot I think she says, like, he's her best jailer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so she's just chilling in her room one day. Uh, she wakes up in the middle of the day and mm-hmm. she goes to, like, look out of the window from, like, behind a curtain. And she sees, it was so cool to see someone describe a picnic barbecue <laughs> from, like, the perspective of never having seen one before. Yep, yep. It just felt so American. Like, I felt kind of, like, not embarrassed, but, like... Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, that is pretty American, isn't just it? just having hamburgers, chilling on the lake, playing pickleball. Everybody's <laughs> laughing, and, like, nobody has a shirt on for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> Misery is just watching this, like, is this what people do? <laughs> like, this is gross. Weird. <laughs> and then from... She's watching this scene unfold, and then she sees Anna, who she's been spending more time with, kind of, like, begrudgingly so. <laughs> yeah. And Emery, the asshole werewolf who attacked her, uh, mm. is, like, luring Anna away from the pack into the forest. Mm-hmm. And Misery's like, that's not normal. I, I like that. that she has a very, like, uh, actual person response to this. She's like, is anybody going to stop that 16-year-old boy from taking this 8-year-old girl into the forest? But, like, is no one going to do anything about this? And she's like, I have to do something about this. It is the middle of the day. <laughs> she just woke up. She is barefoot wearing like a t-shirt like an oversized t-shirt and she bolts out of her bedroom like mick is not anywhere i I think they said he's like in the bathroom and there's like a plate of like cold coleslaw (laughs) in his chair (laughs) and then uh, misery like sprints out of the house and chases after emory and anna she catches up to them and she's like yo man you can't take her anna come back over here and then Everybody pops out of the bushes. Yeah. <laughs> Quite literally, yes. All these werewolves happen and they take Emery and she, Misery is like, what is happening here? And meanwhile. Okay, so honest to God, the first time I was reading this, I thought that she had ruined a surprise party for Anna. That's oh, <laughs> so why like, Emery was like luring her to the surprise party. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, God damn it, Misery. And then I'm like, oh no, this is like attempted kidnapping. Yeah, <laughs> this is set up. And then 
while this is happening, Missouri is like burning alive. Yeah. She's got like what I imagine third degree burns are. Yeah. She's barefoot. Ooh. Like, nope, not happening. Ouchie. Yeah. So uh, they rescue Emery and Anna. Well, they rescue Anna. Emery gets taken in like custody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they go back to the house and they have this like interrogation session. They have a meeting of minds sure yeah well they're trying to question emory and be like why are you trying to kidnap the alpha's sister like this is not cool because he's like a child he's a teenager himself i think he's like 16 or something yeah and misery is sitting on the couch like i can help you guys question him i think i loved this part i did too (laughs) because it's uh everybody has that quintessential like understanding of like torturing someone for information and they're like i'm gonna fucking like beat your brains in if you don't tell us like where you were gonna take anna and he's like crying and he's like i don't know what i was gonna do and it's like you could just have a conversation with someone and like that would be a lot more effective Uh uh-huh and that's what uh misery basically says she's like how about we just like bypass all that like gross shit and like I just thrall him. <laughs> so this is where the almost magic power bit comes in. She gets to flex her ocular muscle or something. Mm-hmm. So she sits in front of Emery and she's like, you better look at me in the eyes, bitch. <laughs> and like her eyes start twitching back and forth, kind of like hypnotism, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. And it puts him into a thrall, mm-hmm. is what they call it. And now he answers everything quite willingly. I just love she's very like casual about it she's like i'm not very good at this let me preface this like my dad can do it like immediately but like give me like 10 minutes and i'll kind of like stumble my way through it and everybody's like you can thrall people i thought that was like a horror thing and she's like it's really not that cool like i swear it's just like like it's a weird thing it's a predator thing that you don't use anymore (laughs) unless we have to it was just like she was so like casual about it and everybody's like mildly horrified But it works. That it do. <laughs> this whole uh, scene serves to like basically free misery from her status as like a hostage captive to mm-hmm. like, oh, you're not a bad person and we think we can get along with you. And so she kind of at the conclusion of this, her guard gets lessened. She gets access to the phone, the mm-hmm. Internet and like everything's kind of hunky dory in the yeah. house. Because it uh, we get like immediate little threads of some kind of like sedition against Lowe as the alpha. Oh, the loyalists. The loyals or whatever. Yeah, that they were planning on kidnapping Anna to like blackmail him to do something. Yeah, because Lowe overthrew the previous alpha. Roscoe? Yeah. Who was like unhinged. <laughs> yeah, not a great leader. They had like their alpha fight. Low won. Roscoe died. But there are like seditious group still left to support Roscoe's wife mate thing who's still alive lady friend (laughs) but that's that's kind of where I think we're gonna stop for part one that's fair yeah I don't know what was so fun about this but like everything up to this point just had like awesome vibes and it was fun to read and misery is like such a fun character to Mm -hmm. be in her brain while she's like thinking through things yeah. I almost want to read it again, even though I just read it. <laughs> this, yeah, I would say the flow of the book from start to this point is where it hooks you. Mm-hmm. And like, you just don't stop. 100%. It's yeah. phenomenal. Yes. <sighs> so from our shelf to yours, we'll see you on the next page. Hi, readers. If you'd like to help us pick our next book, send us a message on Instagram. Or if you'd like to just listen, we post new episodes every Monday and Wednesday on Spotify, Apple, and Amazon. Thanks for listening.
Bussin'. <laughs>